Happy Sunday, my lovely congregation, and welcome back to Pussy Church. I'm Lara, an erotica writer and the creator of Tales of Lara, which you can find at talesoflara.com and at Tales of Lara on Instagram. And today we are back with the latest OnlyFans scandal. The top international fetish photographers and Aquaman is back to answer your secret confessions. Let's dive in. Amen. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Pussy Church. Oh, do you hear this voice? Hello, everyone. Who is here with me today? Aquaman. Oh my God, you're back. I'm back. Welcome to Pussy Church. It's been a long time. It's Pussy been a church. long time. In the church. Uh, we missed your church. Oh, I miss church a lot. Right. <laughs> well, you've been at your own little Pussy Church. <laughs> I've had my church traveling around. Yeah. Blessed be the pussy. He has risen. May she open to your touch. Amen. Amen. So there's um, construction around us today. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> banging. So in case you guys hear some weird banging. As such. As such. Can you hear now? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Um, somebody's banging, unfortunately not sexually speaking. Uh, no, not the around phone us. So we'll, we'll try to keep an eye out. Or an ear out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a while since you've been here. It has been, yeah. Yeah. What did we say? Six weeks? Six weeks, about six weeks yeah. since my last yeah appearance. It's been feels I, like a lot has happened. I know. So what has happened, baby? So what's new? I mean, I decided to get the fuck out of Dodge and go travel in Europe for a little bit. How was that? It was it was beautiful. It was hot, humid, but beautiful. Uh, I went like walking all all day long for like sixteen miles a day. Mm. Uh, I had my travel partner with me, and me and her like just. Went all around the country and ate a lot of food and fucked a lot and fucked a lot. This yeah. is where I'm like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with your little partner. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> it was it was oh, amazing. Sex yeah. on vacation. Sex in different air, different water, different land. Like it's kind of nice, you know. Do you think you get to know your partner in a different way if you fuck them in different countries? <laughs> I think yes and no. <laughs> Because, this is a super super simplification of like what sex is. I'm like, if I am in Greece, yes. we only fuck doggy style. <laughs> <laughs> but, by association. <laughs> by association, absolutely. Uh, yeah. No, I feel like um, it does bring an element of excitement. So especially with, I think, my partner versus myself. Like for me, it is exciting. It's nice. It's beautiful to fucking all these like different landscapes and locations and different airbnbs and hotels Mm -hmm. but still like i think that a lot of the connection and the chemistry is still the same it still holds up but there's little touches here and there of differences where we were in the uh, in the amalfi coast in italy Mm. and uh yeah it's beautiful it's gorgeous and uh we were renting this airbnb and uh we're watching like an Italian film, drinking, smoking pot, and then we decided like. How did you even find pot? Is that a strange I mean, I brought, I brought vape with me. Oh, sneaky! Not flour, yeah. Just <laughs> hey, it was great. It was a great idea. It was a risk, but it was a great idea. Uh, I have tips for that, but yeah, <laughs> this is not an illegal drug podcast. No, it's not. It is not. Although marijuana is not a drug, but yes, it is legal. Anyway, yeah, it is legal. At least here. Yeah. Um, so we were, we were outside like on this balcony that was like on top of the mountain Mm -hmm. and there was a thunderstorm that night. So we could see lightning all around and some rain started to come down and we noticed this like lamppost outside the window that had like a lot of these like little bugs flying over it and we're getting sweaty and it was hot outside and humid. And we, I decided to pick, like get her on the counter outside of the window, like the balcony. And we started having sex. Like I was holding her legs wide open and. We're fucking outside and there's like lightning splashes. Oh my around. god. It was so hot. Yeah, listening to Italian music, like it was so appropriate. See? This is like what we, we were talking about this a little bit before this podcast about like sex on vacation, yeah, right? Yeah. Like how 
it can be different and it's not obviously sure. still the same partner and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless you travel you like around you to like. fuck everybody yeah. in different countries. That's a different experience. Um, absolutely different experience. Mm-hmm. But there's something about, I think, um, the fact that you're not at home mm-hmm. that makes it so different and kind of special. I, I agree. It's more memorable because it's not like an everyday thing, not the same location. Yeah, and like the space that you're in, like I think the same thing about hotel sex. Yeah. It seems like there everything's allowed, Naughty. right? Because yeah, it's this <laughs> it's this place where you can have sex everywhere yeah. and you're supposed to nearly. Yeah. Actually, I think the the creator of Soho House has mm. spoken about this in an article mm. about how how it's clear that everyone wants to fuck in a hotel room and yeah. that they took that in consideration when they decide the hotels. It makes sense because you walk into a room and there's a bed. That's the first thing you see, really. Yeah, and it's also the only thing you do there. Yeah, it's just lay in bed. So what are you going to do? You're going to sleep yeah. and you're going to fuck. Exactly. And it's like an invitation to do all the things that you maybe don't want to do at home. True. Or to be more naughty or to have role this. Role play. Yes, or yeah. role play, totally. Yeah. And it has this excitement yeah. where you also, for example, if you live with your partner, right? Mm-hmm. You have a routine, you know, you like have to go to work, you make food and shit like that. But it's like a completely different environment and situation you're in on vacation. Yeah, totally, totally. You become out of your element and there's nothing around but this moment, really. Yeah. You you get to enjoy it and not worry about like the phone because the phone's not ringing because you're out of network and the air feels different. Everything, Like the whole landscape just engulfs you in it and it's really sexy and I mean it's funny passionate. because I wonder if um if it distracts from like a deeper connection with your partner because you are <laughs> it's so novel you know what yeah. I mean so you're gonna have like acrobatics like, I mean I also have um a friend actually mm. and her partner has a pretty intense fetish uh-huh. and they go to hotel rooms to do the fetish there only there yeah wow but you know to like just take it out of like the routine of every day and like make it something special that you're doing but i think that is especially if you're in a longer relationship it is these moments where you have so much time for yourself with your partner that also can reignite a sexual relationship totally yeah i mean there's a lot to explore and there's a lot to talk about and i'm sure everybody has desires that they haven't fulfilled or they want to try with this specific yeah. person if they're and quality time yeah this kind of quality time with your partner i mean depending it always it always depends i feel like how long you've been with your partner and sure. how much time and energy you're investing in keeping the flame alive so to speak yeah. right yeah. because we can have most of the time in the beginning of a relationship you have so much sex and it's everything's new and you're so excited and then sometimes it can like go through different phases of yeah. it right it's a ride it is definitely it slows down and, and it's a ride. Sometimes it's, <laughs> you're riding a dick. Sometimes you're not. You're riding other things. <laughs> <laughs> They're still shoved up you somehow, oh. man or woman or whatever binary. You know. I mean, have you ever had an experience where in, within your relationship the sex life was kind of like dying down? Yeah, I definitely have had that experience, um, and mostly in serious relationships. I feel like when it's usually. Um, casual the sex actually keeps getting more and more exciting physically well it's also about that it's about mainly, that you so know? that's the focus yeah. yeah that's the focus of the relationship but when it's a when it's a more of a long-term or committed committed relation not polyamorous uh i've had experiences where some have started to die down slow down not be as exciting we were not very drawn to each other the same way as we were before and I think because, you know, weighted things in the relationship affect performance and being present in the moment. Yeah. So it takes a toll. It takes a toll. And I think actually it's interesting. This um, Tantra teacher was just on Mm. um, the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And we had talked about um, scheduling sex. Mm. And I always like thought it was such a weird thing. And I think we have talked about it before as well. And I think that there is though a real (laughs) benefit to like doing that. Like for example, she proposed that you don't schedule just an evening you take a day so you're like saturday we don't make any plans we're just going to stay at home and have sex all day and like we eat in bed and we take little breaks but basically it's dedicated to us and sex i like that versus like an hour exactly versus like monday evening monday Uh. evening after dinner we have to go to bed (laughs) you know what i mean like we're gonna go to bed soon so let's start fucking I mean, maybe, but, you know, it could also create, like, some safety for somebody to know that tonight is the night. 
Sure. You but know? isn't that also depriving you of just going for it when you feel it? The spontaneous aspect yeah. of it? Yeah, because that's part of the organic development of... Totally, but I think if, if life gets really loud, it's it's probably pretty good to dedicate some time. And it maybe doesn't have to be like, today we're going to fuck. But maybe <laughs> today it's just the, the two of us, right? And sure. no work and the computer is off and like the phones are off or something. The phones have to be fucking off. Yeah. Jesus, with the phones. I mean, I think that's the most brutal thing if people are co- constantly distracted while they're with each other. Or they're in between moments where somebody goes to take a piss and they're like on their phone. People yeah, do that. yeah, people totally do that because they don't even know what to do with themselves anymore within yeah. like five minutes. They can just lay there and just. And I relax. think it's actually kind of nice. Like for me, a marker of like me being in a really good place with another person mm. is when I'm actually really bad at my phone. <laughs> right? Like if I like don't text back much and stuff, it's probably because yeah, yeah. I'm in a really like exciting relationship. You're you're in the moment. And yeah. quality time again, yeah. right? Like this this time that you spent with somebody where you really focus on the other person and yeah. you're not distracted by like somebody, you know, or some Instagram message. Sure. Because it's kind of either or, yeah. And I think it does reflect itself definitely in your relationship in general, but in your sex life for sure. Yeah. One hundred percent. Because it's, it's hard to have walls when you're having sex. And when you have walls, you're not present in your body. You're yeah. just ha- going through a, a mechanical routine that's like an autopilot. So it's important to be present and it's important to sleep with someone or share yourself with someone that you don't have walls with because you will enjoy the experience that much more. I mean, it can also be a process of like getting to that place though, right? Because of course. That, yeah. Because that's the thing. I mean, it's it can be pretty scary to be that vulnerable in that moment True. that is so vulnerable in itself and to actually connect, sure. right? And to look in somebody's eye and actually see them and receive them in that Past moment. The eyes, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, I, that, but that's also like, I think that's something we all should attain for, right? Absolutely. It's yeah. just like, it's a process. Sure. And so give yourself some, like cut yourself some slack. Yeah. If this is not the first, you know, also if you get like scared for a second or if you feel a little uncomfortable, these things are totally fine yeah, and just, yeah. just feel them. And I mean, mm-hmm. I've been there trying or not trying but being very open and then going through waves of like oh now I feel a little insecure maybe and then just like but being okay with that you know and it'll pass you again exactly as long as you're with your partner obviously you need two people who want to do this you can be by yourself yourself. like I'm open to you the other person is like doing a grocery list or something right (laughs) which happens which happens (laughs) But um, yeah, vacation. Vacation. Mm, vacation sex. Are Fantastic. you going to go on a vacation soon? <laughs> yes, I am. Are you now? Yes, I am. Okay, okay. Yeah. Sex on the vacation, maybe? Definitely. Definitely? Definitely. Okay, awesome. I mean, I would, lo- I would love to do like, you know, that Tantra day. Mm. I mean, Tantra day. That's just a day. Sure. If it's raining outside or something. Yeah. Mm. The rain is amazing. The wetness. Yeah. The we- the All wetness. around. Inside and outside. Outside and inside. <laughs> Come inside, baby. It's raining. <laughs> it's dripping Do you want to rain inside of me? <laughs> yeah. I'll rain and rain. And now we're going to go to the gospel. <laughs> My voice is gone. <laughs> this is why people are listening, okay? Your sexy voice. Oh. Yeah, you better. You better perform for those chicks out there that are listening to get turned on by you. <laughs> you get so many messages about that, huh? I do, apparently, yeah. I love it. Yeah, You're in your yeah. voice. Maybe you should have been a voice actor. Oh, maybe I still have a chance. Maybe I That's still true. have some time. <laughs> you could do like face. audio porn. <laughs> audio porn. <laughs> and then he rubbed her clit very gently. Oh, wow. That's nice. <laughs> Keep on going. Keep on telling me. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I mean. I'm, I'm very, uh, very uh, grateful for a lot of the listeners that do love listening and tuning in and learning stuff. Yeah, and, it's so nice. Baby. And the voices. Mm. And the voices. Good, too. Is this like just going <laughs> to turn into one audio porn episode? One at a time. <laughs> It's just the two of us, like, mm. reading some weird erotica. I think that would be hot, actually. I mean, you know, one day. One day. Maybe next week. I mean, we read from your book, week. too. That, we had some that erotica. is true. But that I think was... we did it, like, as a joke. 
Well, in different uh, characters. That's true. I think that's what we did. It okay, at. maybe maybe next week we'll we'll do something uh, like, like that. I like that idea. Gospel is sex news, mm -hmm. and today we're gonna talk about the biggest news of the week because it's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. OnlyFans, the platform OnlyFans, announced that they would start banning sexually explicit content starting <laughs> October first. And the internet and the world um, losing their shit. is losing their shit. Yeah. And it's actually, it makes a lot of sense. But we're going to look at this whole thing one step at a time. Sure. To well, detangle well, it, what's happening. From a capitalistic standpoint, it makes sense. Yes, it does. But ethically, it's bullshit. But we'll talk about why it also does make sense sure. for them. But so anyways, OnlyFans is a content subscription platform. Yeah. Right. Where as a creator, you can go on, produce content and somebody can subscribe to your channel yeah. and pay you um, directly, basically. Sure. In 2016, the platform was established. Yeah. And then in 2019, it became like slowly bigger. It had 120,000 subscribers. At this point, it wasn't super sexual yet. Yeah. Right. It, it still like had like, diff and yeah, like different that. creators, like cook shows, yeah. fitness instructors and stuff. And then it slowly, mainly over the pandemic, um, me a lot of sex workers were out of work. Right. And so they kind of took over the platform. Sure. In some kind of a sense and create and like helped it grow in an immense way. Right. At this point, there is, um, I think, over a million creators on it. Wow. And like 130 million subscribers. Good money. Insane amounts. I think they cut, uh, like they made over a billion dollars last year. So it really bloomed, right? So why, are, that, <laughs> the why are they bailing out on it? Well, this is the thing. So the sex workers basically made the platform what it is, right? It, they did. And it is nearly... What would you say? I mean, when you think of OnlyFans, you think of porn in Pretty some kind much, of a way. Yeah. I mean, more of like a cam girl or experience. Or amateur, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, women that post their, sell so, their photos and Yeah, videos. so now this is so interesting. So this is like what's happened. And now what the next step of it is mm. that this already happened last year with Pornhub, actually. Mm. Banks are really hesitant with sex work, right? Sure. If you're a sex worker in America, even if you're a legal sex worker, you cannot have a bank account. Banks will not give you a bank account. Even when I tried, when I did get my business account, right, mm -hmm. for Tales of Laura, um, I had to go into the branch because they shut down my account. They went on my website, right? Because you create a business account, you come there and you show them your business and what you do and stuff. And then they called me a week later and they're like, we had to close your account because, um, you know, we're afraid you're doing porn. And I'm like, mm, I'm not doing porn. So I had to go into the branch and talk to two of ma two managers wow. to convince them that I'm not doing That's porn. Bullshit. Right. So I was able to get it back, basically, which is also crazy to me. That that's your happened. money. Yeah. But I also know from friends of mine who are adult performers that they cannot get paid. Right. PayPal um, doesn't accept sex workers. Yes. Um, MasterCard and Visa don't. Yeah. Banks in general do not. No. So you're really in a really bad place. Um, if you want to get paid for your fucking work, yeah. which you should. Interestingly enough, um, even Pornhub had to change their policies last year because yeah. MasterCard and Visa wanted to pull out, for lack of a better term, <laughs> no pun um, out of um, their system yeah. because they were saying that um, they were they were hosting child pornography. So Pornhub did this thing where they only allowed verified users to upload content. Sure. Right, it's still a porn site, though. So the same kind of thing just happened with OnlyFans, that MasterCard and Visa said they cannot support this anymore. Yeah. Right? So, and also OnlyFans itself had issues um, having bank accounts. True. Actually, their like corporate bank accounts were shut down, too, in 2009 already. Um, so they got their arms twisted. Exactly. And there's another thing, though, and this is super interesting. If you think about venture capital, I've already learned about this through friends who like run startups and stuff. Sure. So a venture capital fund, most of them have a vice clause. And the vice clause means all the things that you can't invest in with mm -hmm. the money of the people that are giving you money. Sure. <laughs> right. So, for example, I think it's it's drugs, sex, tobacco. Mm -hmm. And some some even have weapons in there, right? Sure. 
And mainly that's because um, larger um, venture capitals seek out universities and nonprofit institutions and stuff. And they can't have a headline like Cornell University, early investor in massive online porn firm. You know what I mean? Sure. For example, as yeah. you can't have like, yeah, um, Greenpeace, um, you know, is investing in OnlyFans. So this is what they're dealing with. So most of them cannot actually invest in any kind of platform like OnlyFans. Because they lose customers. Exactly. So the founder of OnlyFans actually is trying to get all these investments. But he's he's trying to close around right now. And what is he going to turn the platform into? Well, that's the big question at the moment. So he's changing it to get investors to be able to invest and not to lose the banks. So the founder of OnlyFans um, did an interview with the Financial Times on Tuesday mm -hmm. where he spoke out about like what's happening, right? And yeah. he says like the decision to ban porn um, is because of the banks basically, right? Yeah. Um, but it's not just about that really since he is trying to get funding. True. <laughs> so <laughs> this is the thing. The question is now or what everybody's talking about is that um, sex workers made the platform big and now you're taking it away from them, pushing them either to go on the streets, right? Mm -hmm. or, um, just, or just unsafe working conditions. True. And also for a platform that was made big because of sex workers to then push them off in order to make more money that's off of what shame. they did. Yeah, that's a damn shame. For you. Because they made money off of these creators. This and he like never talked about like what could be next because it seems a little sketchy that that would be just so, without like an end goal inside this. I mean, you know, Pornhub doesn't have another business but porn. Yeah, I mean, but so it's, it's clear clearly now. they're not going to be clear. Netflix, right? Yeah. But um, OnlyFans has quote unquote this this way of, or they have the opportunity, they think, to change their platform around. Which I think is insane, but I mean, it's not surprising if you consider every other social network that has banned um, sexually explicit work, right? Yeah. Tumblr, I mean, Tumblr just shut down because of it. Yeah. Instagram is, I mean, Hawks. it's doing well, but it's like insane how restricted it has become. Yeah, Hawks. And, um, and so now we are at OnlyFans, which is ridiculous. It's like a little bit like saying the strip club. It's going to host like kids parties now. I'm like, what? I mean, nobody's going to go to the strip club for a children's party. It is censorship, but I think like it's all the stigmas associated with it and also being the idea of children possibly coming onto that content. Yes. So I understand, but I think the, 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 the head of the company <clears throat> is really playing uh, a, a wild card of I took advantage of the situation and now I'm going to say, fuck it. I'll try something else because it made me a lot of money and I don't want to keep being the porn guy. Yeah, but I mean... <laughs> it's fucked up. But I mean, it's fucked up in the sense that you rode the wave on the back of totally. those sex workers. You were rich because of them. Yeah, 100%. You're that's filthy what I'm, that's rich, what I'm saying. right? It's sketchy. It's absolutely crazy that always as you... And that being an industry maybe the oldest profession of the world, right? Mm -hmm. As people say anecdotally all the time, mm -hmm. that being prostitution. But I mean, that there's the demand is there. Oh, yeah. Right? And I think when we talk about children coming onto the content, that's fair. But I mean, what about investing some money into sexual education? For example. Or like even porn literacy, literacy, yeah. right? Where you can actually teach children what porn means and what it shows and that, that it is not the same as real life. And so people or kids don't go to Pornhub and get their sexual quote unquote education there. Yeah. Without understanding what the fuck is going on. <laughs> What's going on. And that this is a fantasy and not yeah. reality. And this is not how you deal with people when you're actually in a sexual relationship. Yeah. I think, yeah, there's a tab. I mean, nobody wants to talk about sex. And sex workers, I mean, it's kind of absurd that we're still at a point that sex workers are not legal workers and um, they need to be, because that will, will really solve a lot of problems, a lot of fucking problems. Yes. And will keep people more protected and there'll be a system where it's kind of like marijuana being legal, like the, 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 string, the stringency or the hesitancy is stemming from old thinking and taboo thinking based on parents and grandparents that don't really know what the fuck they're talking about. When also this like idea that banks um, can censor everything that's on the internet. 
Well, banks are the ones that only got a bailout when, you know, the economy crashed. That so. is true. Yeah. That is true. I mean, in the end, it's capitalism. Like, what speaks? Money. Yeah, exactly. But I think this is so fascinating, actually, about the VC situation, right? That you can't invest into those um, companies, yeah. even though they make so much money. True. And, it, and, and, and looking at how viable porn is from an economic standpoint, like, why not just support that and make it accessible? I mean, the, the biggest problem in general is how sex is viewed in our society. Sure. Yeah, the stigma. Right? The stigma of it being dirty, everything about it being so taboo and full yeah. of shame. Yeah. And therefore, everything that's related to that industry being full of that. Yes. The problem or the hypocrisy of that is that everyone nearly has it. Everybody has sex. <laughs> and a lot of people watch porn, as we yes. can see by the numbers. <laughs> yeah. Huge numbers. Huge numbers. Most of the internet is porn. So exactly. There's a demand. Exactly. Sure. <laughs> there's, there's a slight demand. <laughs> yeah. And I think that we negate and we act like that's the abnormal part of, about being yeah. a human. As if it's a minority thing. Yes. And no. it's an absolute, nearly everybody. It's majority. It's a majority. Full majority, global majority. Yes. Too. Sex is not niche. No. Like as much as we can talk about like sex podcasts, maybe that's a niche. Sure. But like in general, the topic and it being part of our lives it's is part like, of the procreation process. Yes. Let's, it's part of why real. we are on this fucking planet. Yeah, let's be real. It's crazy to me. I always think that it's so insane that we shame ourselves for procreation. I mean, we must be the only species that yeah, does that. I saw that somebody, um, this musician, this musician, this rapper Tiger, yeah, he actually went off OnlyFans this week. Yeah. And he's creating something new. A platform. A platform, of course, that's only for sex workers, where it's not ambiguous. Yeah. Right? It's called My Star or something. But I mean... He's not going to be the only one who's doing this. No, and there's going to be a lot of people who want the pie, there's like a demand. part of the pie or a piece of the pie. Because like you said, it's the, the demand is there. It's insane. So I wonder what OnlyFans is actually considering their outlook. I, like, th I think it's fucked up, though. I mean, Cardi B and um, Bella Thorne or whatever, these mm. two stars, they went on OnlyFans last year. And I think... That's already when the talk began about it like changing and stars coming and taking money from sex workers, which is not really the same thing, I no. guess. But um, that change, maybe they'll be able to make it. Sure. Right? I it. But I mean, what's the appeal of going on OnlyFans if you're not there for sex workers? I don't know what else. I think they're going to have... It's like Hulu when they first were like a video vlog thing and then they became a TV thing. Like, I think they're going to change it. I think banks will never change their, uh, their uh, stance on this until it becomes legal because even with marijuana being legal there's a lot of dispensaries and other businesses that can't they get hassled and to operate like with an atm or with a debit card or with bank stuff still yeah. even though it's legal so well, it's only legal state-wise yeah that's yeah exactly yeah. so even with that even in a legal state it's still issues yes um Absolutely. so that will take a while but that has to be sorted out and i think it's ridiculous that Again, it stems down to the problem of if sex work was legal, kind of like when marijuana became legal, it became less taboo and more accessible and people got more educated about it. Yes. And then you get it's it's safer for the sex worker. It's safer for everybody. It's safer for the clients. Yeah. People get tested. Yes. It's, it's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> Why not? There's quite a lot of um, countries. It's good for taxes. A lot, yeah. A lot of countries in Europe where sex work is illegal. Yeah. Um, not saying that there's not illegal sex work on top of, of that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's actually a pretty involved process, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the testing and everything. Um, but that that should be, I mean, also there's all these studies being done, right? Where actually if there's sec legal sex work mm -hmm. in a country or whatever, or in general accessible sex work, mm -hmm. that crime goes down. Oh, I could totally see that. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's fascinating. Men's rage would calm the fuck down. Yeah, you just need to get a fuck in, you know? Yeah. Or see a naked girl on yeah. the internet or something. Exactly. Apparently it helps. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if it's that easy. Down, you know? <laughs> Use your testosterone Don't for buy fucking. Guns, buy porn. Not for Exactly. Yeah. Don't buy guns, buy, buy porn. porn. <laughs> that's, the, that's the name of the episode. <laughs> that is the name of the episode or oh something guns, along those porn. lines. I mean, I don't want to make a political statement you, you like could, that. You, but. Could, you could quote me on that. Aquaman <laughs> 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 <buy> said. <laughs> buy porn. Well, yeah, but this is where we're at with, um, with OnlyFans. I yeah. mean, listen, I haven't, I've never had an, a creator account nor a subscriber account. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've seen some stuff, obviously. <laughs> I've seen some yeah. stuff. Um, but um, I think it's important that that can be out there and that there's platforms that are safe and where people actually get paid. I agree. 
And I think this is like so horrendous, like to know that there's all these sex workers doing really tough work, yeah. have having to struggle to get paid and to be safe. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, it is. I, I really wonder how we kind of create a safe space for sex workers in the future. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's going to take community. It's going to take politicians. It's going to take a lot of different businesses to really be open. I think there's a lot of women that their livelihood depends on that work. And Absolutely. some of them are parents. Some of them have parents that they're taking care of and have children. Like, I think we should have a system that really works for sex workers so they could have a life and make a living if they wanted to the way that they want to yeah. rather than blasphemy against something that's just a big part of our society regardless sex porn whatever it is i mean it's what you know a lot of people throughout history talked about and fought for in a lot of ways like larry flint for example like mm -hmm. he got shot in the back and became paralyzed because of it it's insane it is insane for something that um everyone to a certain degree is craving yeah <laughs> Now we're going to go to the worship section. Worship. 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 And worship is erotic art. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was inspired um, by something that just happened mm -hmm. in L.A. this week. Mm -hmm. And it was DomCon. DomCon. Dominatrix Con Convention. Convention. <laughs> Con yeah. yeah. Convention. Convention. <laughs> oh, maybe That's that a much better name. <laughs> Convention. They should have gone with that. Maybe we should email them. Yeah, if you guys take that convention. That's hilarious. So they have like con conventions all over the, the world, really funny enough. But um, what happens is over four days, Ooh. I know Rough. the BDSM <laughs> community comes together and they have like booths with toys and then um, classes Products, and like yeah. and events and stuff like that, which I want us to like really quickly go through a few of the classes because it's really funny, we like what go they do. Sometime. I know I was thinking about going research. this time. <laughs> it's crazy. When you see those images, you're like, all right, okay. Uh, <laughs> also, I mean, the classes are just so funny, you know. I mean, it makes it. Let me see if I can pull it up really quick. <clears throat> classes and workshops. There it is. So you can take tons of different classes there mm -hmm. and i mean i've seen a lot of photos and there's really like people coming up with their slaves and mm. everyone's like in costume i say costume i hope this is what it's called um outfit, costume. outfit in their gear Appro appropriate gear everyone Attire. comes like create these crazy things you know mm. like some pony play people come you know some like dog people come um, furries come mm -hmm. really but oh, only to fetish furries in that mm. sense anyways a lot of like I mean, it must be so fascinating to go. Yeah. Um, so I've only it's an seen... experience. Yeah. But then if you read the classes, which we're going to do really quick, and then we'll look into fetish photography, which mm. is what I really wanted to look at for erotic art. Yeah. But just as a, as a tease, yeah. we'll talk a little bit about the classes. And it will kind of like maybe open up a world to like how involved this actually is, this BDSM yeah. play. It's serious. We should have gone, man. We should have gone, right? Mm -hmm. Next year, let's go. So, okay, there's classes. Um, last week on Thursday, there was a class, Erotic Hypnosis. Okay. Then the next one was The Power of Persona, Tips in Self-Care and Self-Discovery. And I think this is like how do you create a BDSM persona sure. in the play space, right? Yeah. Who are you going to be with your partner? Um, what kind of a dom you're going to be? Because there's quite a different, like, different yeah. ones and well, there's mental great. health classes that's great so that was super interesting that's cool right because they are also saying quote many of us in this industry deal with this um some very serious anxiety issues depression you know so it's interesting that they're also taking care of that aspect of it smart very smart <laughs> then there's a class quote <laughs> it was at 2 45 p.m this class who needs air when you have ass <laughs> Safe face sitting and breath play. Nice. <laughs> Great name. And we it says everyone wants ass. to take their partner's breath away. Learn how to safely do so physically via demonstration. Ooh, oh, what? Shit. Demonstration? I, so somebody's face sitting in front of you and showing you how to do that like safely? I guess so. I mean, they're face sitting. They're not just like me. Like, yeah. 
you know, Spotting. yeah, I'm not trying Full to kill anybody, sitting. you know, I mean, I'll volunteer. That is so <laughs> funny. That's interesting. It's a great title for a class. <laughs> <laughs> this one I thought was interesting. Mm. Sissification of the wayward male. And in the beginning, I was like, what the fuck is sissification? Mm-hmm. And that's like making somebody into like a silly girl. That's like a character. Yeah, making him a sissy. Yeah, and so you learn in this class, apparently, how to become that character. Okay. Isn't that interesting? interesting. Diaper sissies, sissy mates, and other sissy archetypes. Mm. Interesting. The focus will be on the humiliation aspects of, wow. Oh, so you, huh, you humiliate somebody who's yes. a sissy. Interesting. Like the diaper ABDL and stuff like mm. that. Yeah, yeah. Oof, all of that. You beat yourself, you're going to get you punished. guys. You should go. A verbal domination they have. <laughs> leadership lessons. Oh, leadership. Oof. Very general. Utterly shameless as self-exploration workshop. Interesting. Fast rope bondage for sex. I like that. Mm. That's a class I'd take. Belt bondage. The guide belt bondage, belt bondage, Ooh. really specific class. I would say the guide to barehanded BDSM. Wow, whoa, D is not for a douchebag. Well, this is an interesting class. What the fuck is that about? Dominatrixes, of course. Ha ha ha, slave positions and training. Oh, nice. That's I mean, thing. this is like at 3 p.m. <laughs> Why not? It's a good afternoon. <laughs> What are you doing this afternoon? I'm going to a class called Slave Positions and Training. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I want to make sure my slave is working in order. This is like hosted by Sir Valentino Harrison and Slave Cupcake. They do it together. I love the name of the Slave (laughs) Cupcake. That's adorable. Oh my God. This is so good. Forced orgasms, aka please stop. I can't come again. I love that. Hosted by Switch Shake. Oh. Anyways, <laughs> this uh, is a quick like heavy intro into this DomCon um, that we'll hopefully report on next year when we yeah, go there. We go. But we'll have to do like an outfit or something. Right. Do we? I mean, can we just go there as like layman? Podcast. We can do the podcast. We're just like in. Are we going to be in outfit for the <laughs> podcast? We should go there and interview people. Yeah, really. I think so. Talk to next them about year. Next yeah. year for Mark sure. Mark the calendar. It is incredible. I think it'll be awesome. That being said, we're gonna <laughs> because of DOMS and like maybe not the glorification of BDSM, but more the the artistic aspects of it, right? Yeah. And I wanted to look into five photographers who captured fetishes really yeah. well, right? Over the last century, basically, actually. Right? So ever since like photography was invented, really, um, a lot of erotic images were taken, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it was just of the nude body, but then even when we looked at that ancient porn thing that we looked at, oh, remember? remember? Yeah, um, yeah. It was all like porn from... Um, 1800s? Yeah, like, in the 1910s 1900, and yeah. stuff. And you could see the first forms of porn. The Pornhub timeline, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, and so what we're going to look at right now is photographers who've worked in that genre really explicitly and beautifully so. Yeah. Um, and the first one is Joanne Callis. Yes. And she worked in the 70s mainly. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, um, it's really interesting because she does more, what would you call that? It's um, like a old school 30s Hollywood noir hotspot yeah. shadow. It's beautiful. And it's like little yeah. details. For example, one is like a woman standing on a chair and just a guy like holding, holding her ankles. Yeah. Um, and there's just like this. She doesn't show people's faces, which no. I just thought was interesting as well. I love that. Yeah, right? It's like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because she fantasy. wanted it to be a fetish project. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. a fantasy mm-hmm. that you should just get a taste for it. Um, yeah, I agree. And so she she's American, but she's also engaged in the feminist movement. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, so she just like looked through it a little bit. I mean, the female gaze to a certain degree, right? The way she saw this fetishes play out or like what fascinated her about the little aspects of it yeah i mean her work is really unique she's all it's almost like her photography is very stroby but it's more about like highlighting certain areas of the body or the framing but i love the ambiguity of her work like that one woman with blonde hair like that's a really cool photo 
with yeah. a line going up the spine. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's and gorgeous. you don't really know where the line's coming from. Exactly. Yeah. And you're like, what kind of fetish was this? It's insane. <laughs> it looks really cool. Almost looks like the body's split. Yeah. Through the hair crack in the middle of the top of the head. It's really pretty. So I'll post some of that work so you guys can check it out while we talk about it as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so she she just has... I think captured it in such a like nearly romantic way, Very. right? The romanticism of fetish, like a fetish. And it's soft. Aggressive. Yeah, it's not like it's not like leather and chains, right? No. So I think, which is also the misconception of BDSM in general, that it can only be this like latex. And yeah, like, exactly. No, Gag ball, like mm -hmm. whatever. That's um, part of it, but not all it. Exactly. Yeah. And the subtleties of what that means in general, power sure. play or anything like that. Um, next one. Robert Maplethorpe. Oh, We've yeah. talked about him before. I also put on my website, um, I wrote um, reviews of erotic books and I wrote something about his black book, which I think is an incredible piece of work where he features African-American bodies, um, nudes, so gorgeous. I mean, yeah. I've, but, seen um, it, I've seen them in a, an exhibition before, uh, the LACMA. Yeah. Very intense imagery, very high contrast. I mean, like in your face. So image. gorgeous. I mean, he was gay, right? Yeah. Um, and the most of this um, has BDSM work, I guess, and to a certain degree, whereas imagery that has like elements of that in it is from the 70s as mm -hmm. well. Um, and he showed really like f people with fetishes, I would think, right? Like we see here one photo of a guy in a full latex suit also with a mask on, right? Yeah. Um, and he did a lot of male nudes, which not many photographers have really explored yeah. explored that much for example he also said about sex himself he said um maplethorpe when i have sex with someone i forget who i am for a minute i've even forgot i'm human it's the same thing when i'm behind a camera i forget i exist that's great so he kind of um equivalates right shooting with sex actually yeah to a certain degree um so i think that uh, and he also said, that's funny, he's like, I, I don't think there's much of a difference between a photograph of a fist up someone's ass and a photograph of carnations in a bowl. <laughs> and I love that sentiment, yeah. you know, where it's just like it's about the moment and the detail and not so much about your connotation of it. Or, your, yeah, what it means to you in that sense. Directly. Yeah. Yeah. And his work is stunning, obviously. Yeah. Great, great use of black and white. Yeah. And now we come to somebody who I've talked about on this podcast before, Nobuyoshi Araki. Mm -hmm. And Araki has the most prolific collection of fetish photography, I would think. I mean, he shot a whole book, Tokyo Lucky Hole, just about the um, the sex industry in, in Tokyo, mm -hmm. um, where he goes into, and this is like nearly documentary photography, right? He goes into rooms and into um, parlors and brothels and shoots basically that culture and that scene yeah. um, and sex workers in the act having sex like literally like <laughs> I don't know stuffing shit up somebody's vagina like it's so explicit but the way he captures it and maybe it helps that it's black and white often um, the way he captures it makes it into just such a cinematic moment yes right and really vulnerable it's very, I love like the use of like rope and tying up and how he makes it very sexy and sensual. Because even his color photos are extremely colorful, very detailed plan. You could see that. Yeah. And he, he's really, he's really done a lot with like um, Shibari and Kimbaku, yeah. meaning all the rope play, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and shot obviously obviously he's also become like an, or he's come under attack a little bit um in 2018 because mm -hmm. of the me too movement um because you know because she like one of his models accused him of exploiting her without a fair contract or pay mm. so it's really always difficult right where we are in these scenes because we show so, such explicit moments and um moments of vulnerability and to kind of navigate that in the right way, I'm sure yeah. it's difficult. Also, if you shoot prostitutes, like it's probably a fine line that you walk. True. I mean, there's always potential for that kind of problem to exist, especially once you become known to, you know, like yeah, men or women. Yeah. All right. Next one. Third one. Helmut Newton. Hmm. also talked about him on this podcast before mm -hmm. also really the 70s, a great time for him. He was born in 1920. Um, one of the greatest photographers, in my opinion, 
nicknamed the king of kink, mm. right? Because he shot a lot about like BDSM elements in his work. Um, like a woman, for example, we see this photo in front of us right now. It's called Saddle One. And it's this woman on a bed on all fours and she's wearing a saddle on her back. Yeah, she is. Yes, she <laughs> is. <laughs> and I mean, his his women are so provocative and really aggressive at points, right? Very. Um, in their like stance and the way they look at you in the photos. and But he also, I think, had such an incredible eye for... The female. Yes. The body. Yeah. The motion. I like what it says here. Like his menu, threesomes, sadomasochism, sapphism, prostitution, voyeurism, maids, mistresses, masters, and beyond. Maybe the routine fare of pornography, but in his hands, the potentially crude acquires an inimitable gloss of luxurious sophistication. That's uh, Sarah Maurer wrote. Uh, for the New York Times about his work. I mean, it's pretty he, interesting. Also, I mean, he's paved the way for <laughs> fetish in like pop culture mm -hmm. <laughs> and in advertising. Yeah. I mean, well, the 90s, it's obviously after he has like he, I think he died in 2003 or four or something. But in the 90s, his work created this whole, I mean, do you remember the 90s, even like in advertising, the fetish aspects were so much ingrained in fashion. Yeah. And you can kind of see how that worked, like his work was really influential for this whole movement. Totally. Last but not least, Cat Toronto, Miss Meatface. And this is now current, a current photographer. And this is just real fetish fetish. I mean, she um, photographs, for example, a woman on all fours again in a full latex suit cleaning a toilet with her mouth or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> She's wearing heels on her hands too. And her hands it says household her. chores. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I wonder if it's herself. Yeah. Miss Meat Face. Household oh my chores. God. She shoots herself. That's wild. This is interesting. So she's saying like a mix between being a dominatrix and a slave basically. Sure. Right. She's both. Yeah. She's the creator and the object. I love her lighting. Her lighting is pretty cool. It's very much... What do you? What would you say? I think it's very explicit. Yeah. But nearly. Colorful too. Yeah, yeah. It, but it nearly seems like, it's surreal. Sure. Right, because we don't see a sexual act, we just seem kind of typically just like. Typically not. Yeah. <laughs> typically not. Do yeah. are you keep on looking at different ones? I'm looking at like her different other. Yeah, there's some. So it's all about like more like a BDSM. Oh wow, it's cool. It's it's a lot of like BDSM sceneries but it looks like a nearly a wes anderson movie yeah. but it fetish yeah she said apparently to dazed she said my absolute favorite quote has to be delicate flowers must know how to crack a fierce whip that's important especially as a woman yeah. you may look like the loveliest little flower but down below you have to be a helion <laughs> And now, and now we're going to go to confessions. confessions, confessions, and confessions is questions and stories from you and answers from us. And today we're going to go into Aquaman's um, confessions, I guess. I mean, not his personal ones, but no. things that people tell him. Yeah, secrets, mm -hmm. ideas, questions. You can always write him on Instagram. Please do. Please at do. Aquaman <laughs> XOX. Exactly. So a lot of people have been doing that already. Mm -hmm. So we're going to look at a few of the confessions he's gotten. Sure. And one day I was uh, kind of like posting, because I like to post in stories to get people to respond, but sometimes I get direct messages also. And uh, I'll read through a couple. One of the questions was, what would you like to know? Uh, one of them was, how can I get you in between my legs? So that's not something we could... Well, at the moment, um, he's taken ladies. <laughs> can we say that even? <laughs> I don't know. Am I? I don't know. Oh, come on. Uh, but, you know, check back. Check back. <laughs> Who knows? Depends on the geography. Where God. one might be. Um... Okay, I'm going to go to the I remember next. all these girls writing and being like, I'm in the Swiss Alps, come and fuck me. <laughs> You're like, okay. Am I in the Swiss Alps right now? I'm not, I guess not. That's a bummer. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's a little Such far away. It's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, like visiting Vienna and all that stuff. Come mm -hmm. to Greece. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would love to, ladies. Trust me. Ooh. 
So one of them, I was like, what have you been thinking about? Like, the question was, what have you been thinking about lately? And one of them was saying, how fucking fantastic my partner's touch will be after 10 months apart, no touch. <gasps> okay, 10 months apart. That's a long time. That's a long time. Right? Hallelujah. It's wow. going to be so nice. Ro like, passionate. You think overwhelming crazy. nearly? I think so. It's like oh. you will feel like as if you haven't been touched. But what if he comes in like two seconds because oh, they haven't uh, been fucking with that? I hope he's been practicing. Jerk it <laughs> off, yeah. I mean, that's like a, a real thing. Yeah. Right? I mean, you'd be like worried. I would be. <laughs> right? But to come I'll be, immediately? I'll be so excited that I don't give a fuck. It's, like, it's even true. If, even then if you just come. come and then you'll fuck again in exactly, like an hour. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Oh, it's lovely. I it's mean, I already beautiful. feel like that, like not having sex for like a week. I'm like, uh, hi, where are I'm you, baby? Apart. It's been a week. I need you so bad inside of me. Okay. Um, <laughs> back to business. <laughs> the next one is, um, I was asking again, what have you been thinking about lately? And they said, sitting on someone's face and smoking weed, maybe both together. I mean, why not? Why not? I mean, it's crazy to imagine. I mean, I once smoked a cigarette while somebody was going down on me. How was it? Did it turn you on more? Actually, I thought it was a little distracting. He really wanted to do it. And I was like, well, we'll try it. Oh, he's got a smoking fetish. I don't know. It's Maybe. a fetish. He has a lot of fetishes. Oh, so. well, there you go. But, um, <laughs> that man. but um, yeah, so I smoked a cigarette while he went down on me. I think it was a little distracting. And I think it's a little disrespectful. Oh. Um <laughs> <laughs> It's like that fucking thing with the AirPods. Did you uh, ever hear that people were fucking oh, yeah, with AirPods in? To, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I felt like that it was so disrespectful. I mean, I wouldn't it's really want to do this. Yeah. yeah, I didn't really. So, you know, once and then I didn't do it again. But it's it's a fun novelty thing, I think. You right. know. So smoking weed while... Sitting on someone's I mean, face. I wonder if I'm like moaning and I'm like being pleasured if I'd be like wanting to smoke weed. But I mean, why not? I mean, I could wait after personally, but I mean, yeah. I'll try. Or it before. Yeah, or before. before because then you get like all the sensation. Yeah. <laughs> all right, next Love one. Love it. Um, <laughs> uh, we had a lady say, how men don't know how important foreplay is for women. So important. Nuts, right? It's still like that, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, though, it's also important for men, no? Is it really not important for men? To go down on women? No, just have foreplay, not. like making out, like fingering, like moving around the apartment. If, I think if it if it lets them off the hook from going down on a woman, yes. I mean, not me, but I think men, from what I hear from women, they don't spend enough time going down on women. They could touch them a little bit, but also it's very quick. Like they rush, men rush into penetration, which is stupid. Which is really bad because you yeah. also want to have like really her vag her vag her vagina being like kind of prepped yeah. so what really happens when a when a vagina is really turned on it'll actually um like contract and will become yeah. tighter yeah because through um the arousal it kind of swells it inside does. and so it will like hug the penis yeah. so the more you <laughs> spend time on getting her really aroused the better actually your sex will become yeah. with her she'll be ready for you to enter her and you'll have a better sensation being inside of her more sense so it's like a win-win sure. situation yeah. men are lazy i think about foreplay with women i think they're sucks. also silly because also i mean you can also get a blowjob and not come and you can have a whole like play totally. i just don't understand that at all i'm so glad that it hasn't really happened to me yeah i mean lately it has it's happened to me jam. don't worry but i mean <laughs> you know so my jam at all. Not at all. So, dudes, if you're listening, but I think if you're listening to Spend Pussy Church, you're probably. <laughs> There's some dudes that do, for sure. Of course. I yeah. know it. Some yeah. people are obsessed with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they like to hear what we have to say. Oh, my God. Okay. What's else? What else? Somebody wrote how my sex drive has stalled. And they said, like, a sad face. Hmm. And I told him, like, just know it won't always be like that. It, you know, always be open to try new things. Experiment, you know, explore more of your body. Cause Read the book Come As You Are by Emily Nagowski because it talks so much about um, our sex drives and what impairs them and how normal it is to have ups and downs, right? Um, and it does this whole questionnaire. We've talked about it on the podcast several times. I think Becoming Cliterate is one that you can listen to if you want to know a little mm. bit more about that mm. or read her book directly, obviously. And I think it's just, it's good to know that everything that happens to you is normal, yeah. but that there's also ways to um, explore yourself more to change that for yourself. I agree. Yeah. 
it's never the same. I'm yeah, and don't chefs. put pressure on yourself, you exactly. know? Exactly. I mean, no, if you can, it's, it's difficult. Wave. It's an easy thing to say. It's I a understand. wave. Another person wrote, I've been feeling beautiful ever since I learned how to make myself squirt. <gasps> yes! <laughs> oh, so funny. Right? Always. I love Always. it. Self-squirting practice. I have. Mm -hmm. I've, I've done it before. I like it. I mean, it's it's such an interesting, like it's an, accompli an accomplishment when you do it. Because most women feel like, like they struggle to do it. Yeah. Yeah, you can do it with like a really hard dildo. Um, tech, DM me if you want more info on this, actually, because there's a whole guide that I followed when I did it for the first time. Mm -hmm. um, because you need a pretty hard dildo and you need to penetrate yourself in a certain way in a certain um, spot in a certain spot and like prep a little bit in a certain way and then you can just play with it without like being goal oriented i would think you know sure. you'll sure. find the spot that really triggers you and like feels really good and then you have to kind of pound yourself mm -hmm. <laughs> pretty intensely in order to get to that place but it's amazing it's incredible i love yeah. it i love it when i make a woman's court mm -hmm. oh yeah fantastic so another person said, I fucked my boss during lunch in a storage room next to colleagues working. Well, damn. I mean, I was worried if she still gets time to eat lunch or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the first thing I said about that. Well, I mean, I think that's the excitement about public sex, right? Oh, it's yeah. like kind of maybe we'll be, get caught, maybe we won't. Exactly. And that forbidden element of it is right? like so, yeah, it's exciting. Especially you know somebody sitting next room. I mean, that's really dangerous. Oof. I don't Oof. know if I'm, I have like a medium danger on that one. <laughs> I like public sex, but not necessarily if it's like next to a police station or no, something. I'm no. not that crazy. Too stressful, like, too stressful. Yeah, too stressful. I don't know if I could enjoy that, but like a little bit of knowing that there's somebody there is kind of cool. Like hiking, I love it in hiking because somebody always could creep up and be like, yeah, and it's kind of exciting. Yeah. Like some stuff is exciting. Yeah. I think like in a restaurant, whatever. I'm always yeah. like, oh, just tease yourself. You don't even have to fuck, you know? Yeah. If you just tease yourself a little bit in public, I think that's like so hot. Mm -hmm. so All these poor cab drivers, you know? <laughs> Suffering. <laughs> Someone said, I masturbate on my patio while my neighbors are walking around below me. Oh. Ooh. That's another one like that. Yeah. We get off on the fact that you could Watch. get caught. They're exhibitionists. Mm. Well, fully are. though, because they're more in, in some way. They're yeah. more playing with this idea of like maybe I get caught instead of the you have to watch me masturbate sure. because I think that is actually not completely fair no. <laughs> because you don't want to impose it on somebody else. No, no, no. But I still think like there's an element of feeling sexier when knowing somebody could see you mm. or watch you without even you noticing and you know that they might do that but you don't want to notice that they notice yes totally. yeah hot very hot i mean i've never on your patio that. it's like yeah I want, i'm gonna watch if i'm walking <laughs> <laughs> like hey how's it going how's your day going as you're like rubbing one out yeah. well i mean i think maybe this is also easier for a girl to do than a guy because if a guy gets caught masturbating in public gonna go to jail <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know if this is going so well. See? But even girls, it's not that good. Yeah, but I they're mean, not going to go to jail for it's, it. But it's also not public. It's your own patio. Yeah, patio's fine. I mean, don't do it in public. It's freedom. It's freedom. <laughs> exactly. Um, someone wrote, I will not date someone who doesn't go down on me on my period. Yeah, huh? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, to each their own. I mean, how do you feel about it when you're on your period? Do you like when men go down on you? I mean, I use a sponge because I don't want to okay. excessively bleed um, mm -hmm. and then have somebody go down on me unless that's something he's really into or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, I'd rather not excessively bleed. Mm -hmm. But I think if somebody is like, hey, I, I mean, I find it funny if somebody would be like, I don't want to touch you while you have your period at all. Do men do that? Really? I mean, I haven't really experienced it, but I'm sure it I'm exists. Sure they do, yeah. yeah. And I. I've had um, an ex of mine, it was like he had never had sex on, with a woman before me on her Oh, period. that's bizarre. But, um, and he was fine <laughs> doing it. Yeah. But uh, I think, I don't know, stipulations like that, I think it's difficult, you know, yeah. because I think we should also be open to what our partner needs and wants. But both needs are valid, you know? I mean, I think, I find it a little bit funny if you're that close to somebody that you would get disgusted by their bodily fluids because I <laughs> that sounds kind of weird it seems vanilla sex at that point yeah I mean 
fair enough though you know you don't want to do it you don't want to do it you don't want to yeah. you don't want to date a person who doesn't do it that's also fine you know but um maybe you can also find a way together to figure out ways like for example use a sponge so you're not excessively bleeding in your partner's fucking face sure what day you're of your period you're on because if it's like you know first day second day it could be heavier exactly yeah exactly so i think find find like a medium ground yeah. most of the time i always feel like if you really like somebody you and both are in it to win it you know <laughs> in it to give somebody else pleasure yeah. they'll find a way around a lot of things true yeah Wow, those were cool. Yeah, they were. They're so please awesome. send us more stuff. Please. We questions. also have some questions for next time, but yes. we'll do them then. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Oh, so good to have you so back. Good to be here. And thank you guys for listening. Thank um, you again, please send us questions, stories, confessions that yes. you have. And we'll see you next week. We'll talk soon. Talk soon. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much for listening to the Pussy Church Podcast. And make sure to check out my interview show, Pillow Talk, where I chat with my favorite erotic creators and play truth or dare with them. If you like today's show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It helps us keep the show going. Or if it's simply tell a friend about the show, that would be amazing too. See you next Sunday.